Sober as a gopher. Where are my sober folks at? Where are my good people at? How you doing? Nice to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Man, it's good to be sober. It's good to be alive. It's good to breathe. It's good to be living a life that is uh, full of ups and downs. But at the end of the day, we know so many things are out of our control. The only thing that we can control is what? Our attitude, our response, our choices that we make to fill ourselves up or empty ourselves worrying about shit we can't control. I'm so guilty of it at times, I'll tell you what, but it's good to be with you today. This episode's brought to you brought to you by Promises Behavioral Health. Now let me ask you something. Have any negative impacts from all of this crazy gnarly stuff that's been going on the last few months have they affected your job your social life your well-being your family your relationships anything if you're struggling through the pains of addiction or mental health and you're trying to deal with life man there's no better time than right now to get some help Uh, let this be the opportunity for you to get back on track, find the real you, find out who you are. That was a big thing for me. I didn't know who the hell I was till I was like 30. I still am working on that on the daily, but I was completely lost then. Had no clue. Uh, Let me tell you, you're not alone. Promises Behavioral Health is here to help you and they can provide you with some resources that can answer some questions for you uh, and not just for you. Maybe it's a family member that you're struggling with. Maybe it's a, uh, a spouse or a child uh, maybe it's a close friend. Uh, Promises is here, and let me tell you how they can uh, help you and how you can reach out to them. Uh, first off, you can go to promisesbehavioralhealth.com slash soberguy. Uh, the team over there created a great page uh, for our partnership. There's some photos on there you can check out. There's also some resources. You can do that. Or you can just call 888-205-1890. That's 888-205-1890. And tell them that you heard about them from that Sober Guy podcast. Those links and the phone numbers in the show notes as well if you'd like to go back and check those out. But give them a call. If you got some questions, they'll help you get some answers that you're looking for. And they're great people. Have some fun with it too. All right. Are you looking for a meeting? Uh, a lot of rooms are still closed. I've been getting some good feedback from my buddy, Buddy, my sponsor, Buddy, my friend, Buddy, uh, who actually started this meeting himself and was able to pass it down. So mad props to him for taking action and being of service uh, like he usually is. Uh, it's called the Fourth Dimensions Online AA Meeting now. It's at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific every single night. Uh, you can log in early. You can stay late for the meeting. Uh, before and after the meeting, you can hang out. There's a good little group in there. Shout out to Scott, big Scott, who's uh, who's taken over and helped Buddy out to lead up some of the nights. I'm not sure what night he uh, does. If I don't think it's every night. I think it's a couple of the nights. But uh, some great people in there. Uh, you got some discussion of AA literature nightly and then a speaker every Saturday. So let me tell you how you can get into this meeting. I highly suggest you check it out. Uh, I'm actually going to hop in there tonight myself, and I'm really looking forward to it. But you can, you, there's two ways you can go in. Let me tell you uh, whatever's easier for you. You can go directly to www.zoomaameetings.com. Um, you got you to gotta have a Zoom account, so you got to sign up once. Uh, you can also access it from your phone, PC, your iPad. Uh, the phone access is 312-626-6799. The meeting ID is 432-316-244. So if you're driving, if that's too much to remember, I'll put them in the show notes as well. Another easy way, if you want to just go click on the link and have the thing uh, pop up and then get the meeting ID, if you go to that soberguy.com slash get help, or if you just go to that soberguy.com and click on the get help tab right under promises, uh, you'll see that information there as well. Uh, you'll have the the uh, uh, Zoom AA meeting, nightly meeting. The link is right there, and all the info that I just described uh, will be there as well too. Uh, let me read a quick iTunes review, and uh, and then we'll get the show started today. I appreciate you guys too who've left reviews. If the show's helped you, if it's helped a loved one, um, man, feel free to go on, leave us a, a review on there. What do you think of the show? How's it helped you? I uh, love reading them sometimes, and thank you for that. This this one comes from, uh, looks like it's Bash Jones or Biash Jones. Biash Jones, I like that. I probably I don't even know if I said that right. I hope I did, but uh, in any case, got the praying hands there, the five stars. I appreciate that. Uh, says I can go on and on saying how much I enjoy your show, your guests, your humor. 
and how now instead of my own voice in my head talking to me, I sometimes find myself hearing your voice in clips of your podcast reminding myself uh, just uh, to keep it simple. And I really want to say thank you for helping and saving my life. Wow. And being there every time I need to hear uh, to just hear a positive word. I can always find your voice of inspiration and hope somewhere. Um, pretty rad to sincerely Biash for 20 Jones. Um, man, good stuff. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, hey, you got to show up too, and you're showing up and, um, I love that the podcast can help be a bridge to help bridge that gap between, you know, maybe going to a meeting, maybe finding a sponsor, maybe reaching out for help, you know, finding a, uh, some sort of uh, start, uh, to recovery. And then also, uh, you know, maybe it's, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, they, they do, they rely on the show weekly, you know, that's kind of part of their program. And it really is an honor to, to sit up here and serve and, and to do that, man, like uh, carve out this time uh, and, and put it out there for, uh, for whoever. And, you know, I don't pay attention. Like I do, like I, I read the, the, uh, the review, right. And like, I've had some good feedback, I guess is, was what I want to say lately. And it really, I got to say, man, without I'm still staying humble and not tripping on it. I don't think about it too much, man. I'm, I'm helping tons of people. I don't ever think like that. I just do what I do. And I try to stay in my lane and just, I just continue trying to speak truth and put out good content, interesting stuff, stuff I'm going through, um, share with other guests, let them come on and share. But it is, I got to say, it is cool sometimes to look back and hear from people. Uh, even in the corporate show, I got a great email today. It has nothing to do with Sober Guy. For those of you who don't know, I do a corporate show for a Fortune 500 company podcast where we talk customer service and mental health and all kinds of different stuff. I got just an amazing email today uh, from a guy who I haven't met in person but works with the company. We're a big company. And man, he was just talking about, um, he didn't know we had that and it was nice to, um, you know, to change it up a little bit. He shared it with some coworkers, really appreciated it. it was, it was like 10 tips for mental health and staying fit during all this stuff going on, trying to work. And, um, in any case, man, I appreciate it. I don't mean to blab too much. We're going to get started here, but thank you. I love you guys. Thanks for helping to keep me sober. Uh, today we're going to go over again. I've got some good feedback that you guys like going over the addiction recovery e-bulletin. They got a lot of good breaking news, videos, articles, uh, all that kind of stuff. And so we're going to go down the list today and talk a little bit about this and uh, let's do it. Let's do this. That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast and we help people stay sober. Popcorn hits, so it's time to go home. Be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. Uh, you can connect with us on Instagram at real that sober guy. It's a good spot to uh, to holler back if you'd like. Get some good messages on there. I always try to respond as timely as possible. And I don't get to all of them sometimes. I know I do miss them occasionally, so my apologies. I will do my best uh, to holler back. Now, what is going on with you today? How are you feeling? How are you doing? Maybe no one's asked you that in a while. Like, man, how are you? I know sometimes I need that. Someone just to say, man, how you doing? Then you go, bleh. You call your shit all over him, right? I just have to go with that. And I can't take it anymore. Or it's the complete opposite. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm doing, I'm doing good. Great. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing good. It's working. Taking care of the kids. Yeah, work keeping me busy. Keeping me busy. Yep, I'm busy. <laughs> we know it's all BS. <laughs> the small talk stuff, man. How are we really doing? Sometimes I don't know. I got to bullshit my way around stuff sometimes too. Because it's just madness some days, right? Absolute madness and uh, absolute beauty at the same time. We got some perspective. We get to choose how that looks. Uh, but uh, I had a good chat with Buddy this morning. We worked in the 12 and 12. So shout out to him. I appreciate that work. Uh, I get a little bit of um, of time to uh, to read uh, and then kind of conversate about the stuff, which helps me digest it. Uh, I was telling buddy today, like, I think sometimes I read stuff and I'm, and I'm such in a hurry to read through it because I want, I'm supposed to be reading. I need to be doing my reading, whether it's a book or in the word or in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever it is, whatever I'm reading an article, you know, I'm in such a hurry to get through it that we forget sometimes to slow down and actually like 
digest it and um, take it in what we're actually reading versus just trying to get through it because then I, I don't remember any of it because I just went through it. So meeting with your sponsor, meeting with your friend, you know, maybe you got a, um, a book study or whatever it is that you're doing, try to be proactive about that. If you're not doing it, you know, jump in somewhere and, and I would, I would highly encourage that. And I'm, and when I say that, Hey, I don't do, I don't do a perfect either, man. I got, I got some, you know, I got to get some push behind me from people sometimes. And uh, I know what I need to do. I just don't do it all the time, but being conscious of it and, and at least making your best effort, it could really help. Uh, so going through reading some of the stuff and then discussing it in, uh, you know, in the context that you're taking it in and getting different, uh, two different opinions on it. And, uh, man, it really, it really helps big time. And I think that's, um, I think setting side, you know, setting aside that time to actually do that. Uh, you know, my, my tendency is I like to walk, you know, so for, for a while, um, when buddy and I would meet, there'd be a lot of times when I would just want to walk and talk and that's cool. I'm realizing like, it's okay to do that. But at the same time, I have to get back to getting back in the word. I have to get back to getting in the book and actually studying too and reading stuff and digesting it, taking it in, letting it sit in and, and processing it and applying it to life, like applying these principles or apl ap applying these principles in all our affairs, right? As it says in the book. Um, and, and sometimes it can be hard to, to remember to do that. So little word from the Raymer, man, get yourself a mentor, get yourself a partner, a friend, a sponsor, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, so work, work on something, start working through the, the big book, start working through a book, study something, get back into it. Um, it does, uh, it does make a difference and, uh, I'd highly encourage it too. So, um, we had a listener question, you know, actually before we get into the addiction recovery e-bulletin, let's do this question. I thought it was a good one. I wanted to touch on it. Uh, it's from Lee from, uh, Colorado. It's from Denver. And, uh, he hit me up recently and he said, uh, so Lee, first of all, what's up, dude. Thank you for the the question. Thanks for the, uh, the email and just, you know, connecting and saying what's up. Um, I appreciate it. I like reading them. Uh, but he just said, I just wanted to reach out, say I really enjoyed the latest episode number 327. What was 327? Let me just take a look here real quick. 327. Oh, that was the, that was the last one. Uh, 20 indications of an addict. And then we also went over the addiction recovery e-bulletin, which we're going to do a little bit of uh, again today. Uh, but 20 indications of an addict. And uh, he said, a lot of what you discussed are things that are currently spinning around in my head. It's helpful to hear that you and others are dealing with the same feelings, thoughts during all these crazy times. Also, I really like the readings from the Addiction Recovery e-Bulletin. In the 20 indications of an addict, I could relate to every one of those. Although number 13 has been on the top of my mind lately. I need I need it to be creative. So that was number 13, the, the indications. And I think what I had what I had touched on in last episode, and feel free to go back and check it out, it's episode 327, um, is... I, you know, I'm, I'm a musician. I love playing guitar. I love writing all that kind of stuff. Creative dude for sure. Um, but in the time when I was still, uh, drinking smoking and doing my thing, I didn't think I could create or, or play guitar or write or record or do, do a live con a show concert, whatever. I didn't think I could do it. Even being in social environments without being intoxicated, I needed it to be creative. Um, and so that's, that's a, a, a very brief overview of what it, what he's talking about here. And he said, you touched on it briefly. And I personally would love to hear more on the topic. I'm a graphic web designer and also enjoy painting, drawing just about any other creative endeavor. I've been struggling lately with the creative process. I used to drink at high uh, to help during those times that I couldn't get motivated or was having a hard time coming up with new ideas. I know it's not necessary in order to be creative, but curious if you know ways of alternatives, how can I kind of deal with that? Um, in any case, Lee, appreciate the question. It's a great question. I know that there's a lot of other people who are artists who, um, struggle with this. I struggled with it. I actually myself, um, you know, I brought my guitar when I went into rehab, like I brought it with me and I was, you know, my, my, I had this, uh, I had this vision that, you know, this, uh, this dream, whatever you want to call it at the time that I was going to be in the music business and I was going to be, um, you know, uh, 
get a get in a record deal or be in a band or tour, all that kind of stuff, right? That's kind of what I what I had longed for. I, however, I just had no concept of the business side of it. I just thought it was magically just gonna you know come down and happen because I wrote a, a great song, which you know I'm sure there are very rare cases where that does happen, and so that's like the dream, right? It's gonna happen. Well, you know, it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of time. And I put a lot of hard work into drinking and doing drugs. I didn't put a lot of hard work into the business side of it. Right. But in any case, I went to treatment and, and brought my guitar and I was going to write and whatever. Well, I found about halfway through that, man, I was like stone cold sober and it was a little bit tough to write. It was a little bit tough to, to be, uh, uh, motivated to, uh, to play, to write to sing, uh, to get creative. I was sober. You know, I had used that crutch of, of, uh, of being intoxicated as almost like a portal to this outer existence that I could explore where I, I, I didn't have to be me in some sense. Um, I don't really know how to describe. It. I know that that might even sound like a weird way to describe. It. I'm not sure that that's, that's spot on, but what I do know is I was able to disconnect from reality in a sense to write. And so I think in some instances I was able, I, I always called it riding a wave. Like we used to freestyle a lot. We used to have fat freestyle sessions with, with my homies, um, you know, uh, from absolute and, uh, and we had a couple little groups or whatever from back in the day, Chris and Chris and Roland and Joey and, uh, rain D and uh man all all the homies cody b everybody we used to kick it and frame so point being though is the freestyle sessions we would be you know we'd be blazing on some blunts and uh you'd get in this zone where you could like you could ride the wave right you could just get on it and just you could flow and it was and we jam on guitar and some you know whatever if we had instruments or whatever it was a session even live plugged in a lot of the time when i was in some bands and you just jam and uh, so I think that I would be a liar and I'm not advocating for this. I don't miss it. I wouldn't ever want to go back to it, but I, but I would be lying to you and to myself if I said that there isn't some sort of connection uh, when you're doing that stuff that allows you to be creative in some sense. I actually believe that there is. Um, now, is it healthy to do that all the time? I, absolutely not. At least it wasn't for me. Um, you know, that said when I want to choose this sober life now, now, you know, and, and I think it's important to, to acknowledge that real quick too, before I move on. I think it's, I think it's okay to acknowledge, to say, you know what, there was a connection that I had when I was high, that I was able to, to write and I was able to get creative, you know, versus what, what I did for a minute for a, the first couple of years is try to stuff it down and act like it didn't exist. Like there was no, and I'm, you know, like I said, again, I'm not advocating for that, you know, I wouldn't encourage somebody to go do that, but at the same time, I have experienced it and I know that there are certain, certain levels of it. And so I think it's important to, to help move on from it, to actually acknowledge it instead of stuffing it down is all I'm saying. Now that said, there is a way, there is plenty of opportunity, plenty of space to be able to be sober and write and create and draw and, you know, whatever it is that you do as an artist to do that. There's plenty of sober people who are artists, who are performers, actors, musicians, um, what, writers, whatever they do in their art, um, that can do it without being intoxicated and they can still ride that wave. So the point here is how do, how do we find that? Where do we access, where do we find access to that? Now, I don't know exactly for you because I'm not you, whoever's listening, or if it's if I'm speaking specifically back to Lee, you know, but here's what I do know is that for me, what happened was I found another outlet. It actually wasn't music for me anymore. Now, do I still play the guitar and I don't I haven't written anything in a long time? Actually, a good homie of mine, Chris Carroll. Um, who we've done a lot of music together. And if you ever, wanna, if you ever want to go and check out some of Shane Raymer's music or chemical diet, uh, you can go on iTunes, just type in chemical diet. You can check it out there. I think there's a couple singles I put out too. If you're ever curious there, there's some good stuff on there for sure. But it's just mind you, it's in the days when I was still partying like crazy and it was a whole different life for me. Um, 
which in some cases is cool because it's like a, this diary of my of my life addicted. Um, at the same time, you know, I still I haven't written anything in a long in a in a while. Uh, Chris had hit me up said, "Hey, let's do something," and I, you know, I was like, "I, I want to." Like, I want to try to do that. I still enjoy doing it. Time is of the essence these days, so it's hard to uh, to find time to to do that kind of stuff anymore. Um, but anyways, here's here's my point. Here's my point to this. Um, I found after I got sober that I thought I wanted, you know, previously wanted to be in the music business and I wanted to try to be this musician and make a living at it and all that stuff. I found that I wasn't passionate as passionate about that as I thought I was. And for me, that's actually what led me to podcasting. Um, so I found something similar that I like to do that was still in media. It was still in production. It was still recording, still being on a microphone. Um, but it was different. Now it was talking and it was talking about something that I was passionate about recovery and staying sober. It gave me a purpose. It gave me a project to start. You know, I was six months out of treatment when I started uh, sober guy. And so there are ways to connect, but you got to find, I think, um, if you're still passionate about that and if it still speaks to you, like it spoke to you before when you were, uh, intoxicated for me, it, it, it didn't, it wasn't the same. Now it's not to say that I quit doing that and that I don't love it anymore and that I don't do it occasionally. I obviously, like I said, I don't do it as much. I don't bust. I got a Taylor big baby that is really fun to play. Got some great action on it. I love ripping some little blues riffs. I'll pull it out here and there mess with it. Sometimes me and cash get it out and he's got his little congos and we mess around, you know, um, he's all into beats right now. So he's like trying to make beats. He wants a beat machine for his sixth birthday, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, so yeah, I still mess around with it, but the, the fire inside to try to do it, like, like I wanted to once do it before was completely gone after I got sober. It was a different chapter in my life. So that is my experience with it. Um, it doesn't mean we quit, but I think I had to kind of reconsider and reevaluate what was important to me, what I enjoyed to do about it. And maybe this, you know, maybe getting sober is in that exchange or that time period where you're changing, that's an opportunity, uh, to transition into a new chapter, into something new that is maybe similar, or maybe it's completely different. Who knows? Like what, you know, what is it? What does that creative space look like now that you're sober? Now I can sit and be sober, sober as a gopher, as E40 would say. I think I said it earlier. I, I can't remember what song that is, but I heard that the other day and I was cracking up, but I can sit and write and I can, um, I can play the guitar now. Like I can do all kinds of things sober because it's, you know, it's been, I've had some time to get to know myself and understand you know, I don't need that that high to to connect like that, but at the same time, it's not the same as it used to be when when I was. So, anyways, I hope that makes some sense, Lee. I hope that can maybe help you know just at least jog your brain a little bit and get you thinking like maybe you know maybe it's something uh, that's that's different in this new chapter that's related to what you used to like to do or not. Uh, and thanks again for for writing in, man. I appreciate it. If you guys want to write in. Uh, please do so, uh, or you can leave us a message at Real That Sober Guy uh, on Instagram. All right, so let's get to some of these articles for today. Um, and uh, if you want to check out addictionrecoveryebulletin.org is where you go if you'd like to see some of these news articles and uh, and what, what they have going on here. If you'd like to get the email. Oh, excuse me, it just burped, man. Oh, just like a little bit came out there. I got a rose gold. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The froze rose bang was going on. I was just drinking that bad boy. Addiction recovery e-bulletin. Let's check it out. San Diego VA lied about drug treatment for suicidal vets. Interesting. An investigation published this month found the healthcare system is pulling depressed and suicidal veterans off ketamine, an effective drug. And it's yet to say who says that's effective. 
because I'm sure there's probably conversation around that. Is it effective or isn't it effective? Uh, the person taking it versus the person prescribing it. Not my debate to jump into, but uh, and then putting them on a nasal spray called Spravado, uh, which is not working and in some cases is increasing their suicidal thoughts. Suicide is um, a, a big topic right now. We actually, I did a, a, a podcast uh, recently for the corporate show uh, that I host and produce uh, about mental health and um, about suicide was one of the questions that we had with that being so high. How are we dealing with it? Um, first and foremost, let me give you the national suicide prevention uh, lifeline. It's uh, oh, where'd the number go? 1-800-273-8255. If you go to that sober slash get help, what I mentioned earlier, uh, you have that link on there to go to that website and the phone numbers on there too. So it's something that's good to keep handy. Um, if you, <laughs> you said handy, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, Shane, what is wrong with you? Um, it's, it's something to keep in, in your back pocket it, somewhere where, you know, it's at, uh, you know, maybe bookmark the page, uh, keep it with you in case, you know, and I'm not just saying for yourself, maybe a loved one, a friend or whatever, and, and they call you and you don't really, you know, maybe they're suicidal. Maybe they're saying, mentioning things. One of the things that, um, that the counselor that I spoke with about this topic on the podcast had mentioned was, you know, just to, to listen and to listen for the signs, hopelessness, um, giving stuff away, uh, talking about suicide very openly, maybe joking about it even, um, you know, and we got to be discerning about, you know, taking it serious at the same time too, but just being an ear, letting the person know that you care, that kind of stuff. Uh, can go a long, long way and just be in there and, and talk to, you know, a professional, talk to somebody who, uh, who is, uh, you know, someone that can, that can give you some professional help at some point, if that needs, needs to happen. And you can probably do that through this newest, uh, through the national suicide prevention hotline you could find. And then promises of course has some great, uh, great options there too. But, um, what I was going to go do after that, I wanted to see what the suicide, rate is right now because I know it went up I heard a couple different numbers like you know oh it went up um you know 200 and something percent let's see here uh, suicide rate in okay so this comes from USA Today uh well this is January 30th so that's a little older than I was looking for I'm trying to find I was trying to find something that was more relevant to here we go. The pandemic stuff going on right now is the pandemic. Uh, God, this comes from the New York Times. Not one of my favorite. Uh, not one of my favorite platforms to read from because it's kind of uncertain on. Well, I'll leave it at that. Just not one of my favorites. But uh, in any case, um, is the pandemic sparking suicide? It comes from a New York Times article, and I'll put the links. <clears throat> Let me just do that real quick and put the link in here so I don't forget. But I mean, we, we've all heard about it, right? We've heard about um, these numbers launching through the roof right now just because of people losing their jobs. People are stressed out. People are worried. People are drinking more than they've ever drank before. You know, I still don't understand um, how church is still closed and there's still certain things that are closed, but you can still, you know, sure as shit go by, you know, your, your bottles of booze and your cigarettes and your lottery tickets and all that stuff, you know? So, and I know that's a, that's a debatable topic for some and I'm not debating it, I, but I mean, just think about that for a second without like forming a non-biased opinion. It's not about anything, but other than just, just think about that for a second. We can still go and we have full access to all of that, but certain places like, um, meetings are, are closed, closed down. So, um, the, the suicide rate it's up through the roof. And in this article, the mental health toll of the coronavirus pandemic is only beginning to show itself. And it's too early to predict, predict the scale of the impact. Um, I said, in fact, doctors won't know for many months if suicide is spiking in 2020 as each death must be carefully investigated. 
the rolling impact of COVID-19 on these rates gives scientists a sense of how extended uncertainty and repeating undercurrents of anxiety affect people's will uh, to live. So, where did that go there? The earliest signs of whether the pandemic is driving up suicides will likely emerge among those who have a history of managing persistent waves of self to so in any case i didn't get any information or any help for you in that article so my apologies <laughs> um here we go june 11th let's see this I just found something else out here well i don't know if i found out okay here we go maybe this is something that's a little it's a little more recent uh let's see come from the middle of may uh, we're living in a time of urgency. Suicide is a global leading cause of death with the staggering loss of 800,000 lives each year to suicide. Wow. Uh, the who? The who? Who? What are you doing? What are you doing? You got to do that. And the United Nations have adopted action plans focused on mental health and suicide prevention. Uh, let's see. Presently, 40 countries have enacted national strategies to prevent suicide. A recent study accounting for population growth found the global rate of suicide has actually dropped by 32.7% over the past 27 years. In the U.S., even as attitudes evolve regarding mental health and suicide prevention, the national rate of suicide has risen 33% over the past two decades with a societal, with a societal price tag of $70 billion annually. Wow. Although 94% of American adults believe mental health is equally as important as physical health, most do not know how to identify changes in mental health that signal serious risks, nor what we do in response. Ah, oh, man, there's a lot of stuff here. I'm not going to go over everything, but suicide is definitely something serious. It's something to be aware of. Um, man, when that enemy infiltrates people's brains, um, it can be a, a extremely bad and dangerous thing. So uh, that's why it's important we're staying plugged in, right? We got to stay plugged in. We got to stay uh, on point. We got to have resources, people to reach out to, uh, ways to communicate. It's good stuff. This next article, one in 10 Americans uses uh, use a prescription painkiller when taking into account that 21% of 29% of patients prescribed opioids for chronic pain may misuse them and 8% to 12% of these patients may develop uh, opioid use disorder. And by the way, this comes from WebMD. Um, use of prescription opioid painkillers leveled off from 2015 to 2018 while prescriptions for non-opioid pain meds rose. That's interesting. Hmm, that's interesting. Hmm, that's pretty interesting. It's becoming less reliant on opioids and physicians are prescribing much more responsibly, which is a good thing. Uh, who is co-director for the Center of Innovation and Pain Care at the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, between 2015 and 2018, nearly 11% of American adults aged 20 and over used at least one prescription opioid like oxycodone or non-opioid like Celebrex investigators found. You know, I tried... Uh, oxycotton one time god and i got so sick from that oh man i remember i was sick for like a day or two afterwards it was just it was terrible i think it was like an 80 and i i ate it or i ate half of it i think i think i started with half yeah thank god and i just got so sick it's the worst man and i see like how people could get so addicted to that it's so powerful but breaking that down, they found that nearly 6% of American adults used one or more prescription opioid painkillers, while 5% used non-opioid. Okay, I think I already read something about that. Um, use of any prescription pain medication was highest among... Oh, wait. I'm not getting into that. Between 2009 and 2010 and between 2017 and 18, there was no significant change in the use of prescription opioids while the use of prescription opioids rose. Here's the point. A lot of pills out there, it is, you know, supposed to be being prescribed more uh, responsibly, which I, which I do actually uh, find that to be true, at least in our own experience. Um, where Jess has migraines sometimes and she's had to, to have been prescribed um, a certain uh, medicine for that to help that. And uh, it's it's extremely hard for her to, to get um, just because of the fact that they're very, they're very 
careful about who they're prescribing to, which I think is a good thing. You know, it, it sucks for her sometimes. And we've, we've actually, you know, I don't talk about this a lot, but we've moved over uh, to CBD for her migraines. Uh, and, and that seems to help big time. You know, in, 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 it's not, it's not a magic thing where all of a sudden she can do some, you know, use CBD, uh, right when the migraine is starting to come on and just magically it disappears. It doesn't work quite like that according to her, but what she says, the way it works instead of in pain pills, and this is, you know, in the last couple of years or whatever, having to try in the last year, maybe two years transition over from, um, the pain, the pain meds for that, um, is instead of magically going away it eases it it eases the stress it eases the tension it eases the pressure on her on her on her head on her brain on on the migraine itself to where she can kind of still function and maybe lay down and have it slowly go away versus the pain meds which yeah they can sometimes not all the time according to her immediately take the pain away or fast but man, the aftermath of that is way worse almost than the migraine because for a day, maybe two days afterwards, just grogginess and feeling terrible and and um, moody, all that kind of stuff that those uh, that those do. So, um, man, the prescription drugs, gosh, they're uh, they're a, a a tough thing to to get off of. They're a tough thing to use safely for people who have have to use them for surgeries and kind of stuff. I mean, I just, myself, I stick, stay way clear of them. Um, but still, I know that, that it's an issue for a lot of people still. And, uh, um, it's good to know, I guess that at least that maybe, uh, they're not being as prescribed as often. And, and some of that is starting to be scaled back a bit. Um, it's a wonderful time to be Leslie Jordan. Early in the pandemic, Mr. Jordan was with his family in Tennessee before returning to his home in Los Angeles, where he's been hunkered down amid protests. Um, sober 22 years. All right. I'm not sure too much about that one. Let's move on. The feeling is mutual. Fan mail from Leslie Jordan. Compassion and civic duty. How does a community help get people off drugs during a pandemic? Some patients would go to meet with counselors and get prescription medications like bup, uh, bupin, oh, I can never say this one, bupin, buprenorphine to treat opioid addiction. Others needed harm reduction supplies like clean le- needles and naloxone, the drug that reverses opioid over- overdoses. Let's see what this is about. More on. We're going to go to kqedhere.org. KQED, one of my favorite stations I used to watch Sesame Street on back in the day over at Grandma's house. You know it. Before the coronavirus, patients would drop into Arlene Brown's clinic to treat their drug addiction whenever it was open. If they feel like they're in a crisis or they feel like they want to relapse, they know where they have access to our team anytime. Said Brown, recovery support navigator, at Northern Inyo Hospital in the eastern Sierra town of Bishop. Some patients would go to meet with counselors and get prescription medications like buprenorphine to treat, I know I said that wrong again, to treat opioid addictions. Others needed harm reduction supplies like clean needles, uh, the drug that reverses opioid, the naloxone. Uh, There was a weekly support group. Hot lunch, leftovers usually available, but since COVID-19 upended daily norms, there's no lunch and there's no group and there's no dropping in anytime you need to. So, you know, this is what I was talking about earlier is, and I've talked about this in in previous episodes too, as we've kind of tried to figure out how this is affecting all of us, you know, we're shutting down things and I know there's a lot of fear involved here, um, you know, and that's that's guiding a lot of people's decisions and, and what they're doing and what they're reading and what they're looking at. Uh, but when does it get to a point where the fear, um, you know, or the the pandemic, the results of that of of shutting things down and all the social distancing, whatever? Like, when does it get to a point where 
the 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 repercussions of that are almost worse than that itself like suicides people not being able to go into these clinics people not being able to get the help they need to go to meetings um you know uh, addiction rates uh, relapse rates through the roof like when do we have we had an honest conversation about some of this stuff have we looked at it and i'm sure there has been you know i can't i don't have nearly enough time to go through and look through everything and hear everything all the time um, but I have been trying to bring that topic up a little bit about like, man, are we doing like you have, I think it's a 0.02% chance of dying from, from COVID. Right. And, and we know that there's been tons of tests and, you know, more people are getting tested and that's why there's more people showing up with it. We also know, I read on CDC website today that, uh, when you get tested for this, they're testing and they're counting. Um, they're counting even if you've had the normal, uh, an old coronavirus in your body. You know, so if you have just the cold, you have the antiviruses. Uh, and I don't have the article in front of me. I should have kept it up, uh, but I can put it in the show notes just in case you're interested in looking at it. But it came directly from from their site on how they're counting this. So I'm not here to debate that. Point being is the the death rate and it's sad. It's a real thing. There's people dying and that have died. And I'm not being insensitive to that one bit. Uh, I, I definitely want to be the utmost respect to that, you know, but when we're looking at comparison by numbers on the amount of people that are dying from suicides and relapsing and not being able to get the help they need, the me- mental health is a huge issue right now. Like, when do you start to look at that and go, man, are we just like, is this worse? Is this creating a worse pandemic itself? Um, I think that's a fair question, you know, to ask. Um, but in in uh, at the center of the shit, go back to the article, um, you know, many of these familiar routines of people, man, my phone keeps going off the hook right now, and it's, oh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to have to call, have to call that back. Uh, Many of uh, the shift is to maintain a sense of community, which Brown says is key to addressing addiction at the same time. Best practices urge people to keep their distance. So, yeah, I mean, we can keep distance safely. We can do all the safe things, wash our hands, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, if people are, are fearful to go out, if they're fearful, fearful to be in public, um, there's all kinds of precautions that people are doing and using into each zone on that. Um, but if, if it's too much, then, then stay home. And if it's not, and people feel that they're, they're healthy, they, um, you know, they're, they're not at risk, they're not sick. Um, you know, maybe we can find a balance in that where there's still opportunities for people to get the help they need. And there's still opportunities for people to be safe at the same, the same time, because that's a, uh, and I know it's a tough thing to navigate. I don't think there's one big right answer for it right now. There's a lot of information and a lot of misinformation and a lot of stuff out there to, to work your way through that can make it, make it difficult. But let's move on. Uh, the final whole birdie, uh, Chris Kirk's sobriety leads to his first victory in five years. I didn't touch a club for three and a half months and I was able to get some help. I think my alcoholism may have happened to me no matter what, but part of it was being on the road away from my family and trying to maintain a high level of playing became too much for me. So congrats to uh, Chris Kirk, man. Um, and that's kind of what I was talking about earlier with the guitar and stuff, man. When you get sober, you, it, sometimes you got to put something down for a while until you find yourself uh, enough to, uh, to to get back on and, and start to do what you once loved to do, whether it's the same thing or whether it's something different. Um, so uh, just a good, a good point right there, something to look out for. If you're new in recovery and you're having a hard time connecting to what it was that you once did, it might just take some time. You know, or you might find that you're not as passionate about what it was that uh, that you like to do. Gang of Twelve. Sober Squad promotes healthy living for ex-addicts. Uh, let's see, this comes out of Echo Press. Uh, the Sober Squad is a group of recovering addicts that meet in and out of Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. The goal of each group is to provide shoulders and addicts to lean on when times are tough probably a good resource there you can check that out at echo press uh you can check it out on the uh, uh, addiction recovery e-bulletin website as well uh sobriety is different when you have a co-occurring mental illness uh it is and we actually did a podcast about that with uh a buddy of mine uh marcus let me see what uh what was that it's episode 324 
uh, The Truth Behind Dual Diagnosis, Marcus Mersham, and he's got a couple of books out, Junk Knowledge, uh, to give a shout out to him, and then uh, The Darkest Chapter, A Messy Guide to Dual Diagnosis, and I just bring that up because we recently talked about this, and he um, he explained a little bit about it and he explains it in the book. So it's something, another resource you can check out, but, uh, it says it's tragically common for those who deal with mental illness to self-medicate with alcohol and drugs out of desperation for relief. It can be tempting to turn to substance abuse. And, uh, it's such a great point, you know, and, and Marcus is definitely an expert on it. I would, I would suggest going back and listening to that episode if you'd like to learn a little bit more about it, or you can read the, the article here as well. Um, but uh, totally lost my train of thought right there because there was some weird noise that just uh, went outside. Um, co-occurring mental illness disorder. Anyways, check it out. Great dude. Great book. Uh, he dives into it a, a, a bit more on the podcast and uh, and talks about it. Oh, that's what I was going to say. He also, if you're interested in, if it's someone yourself or someone you're struggling where you don't know, am I sober? There's a lot of discrepancy around, oh, well, you know, they, they take... Uh, you know, this drug to help with a, a mental illness. So technically they're not sober. I'm not saying this. I'm just repeating what is, is commonly heard sometimes or said. Marcus talked about that a little bit about his experience with that and uh, the difference between uh, mental illness, a co-occurring disorder, and then maybe your, you know, standard alcohol drugs and kind of how they play, they play into that. Uh, okay. Try not to slip using, uh, using, Sports to prevent drug abuse. Oh man, this is great. Research research has shown that sports do more than help a person in the physical aspect. Engaging in sporting activities can teach a person and help them develop analytical, strategic thinking and leadership skills. Uh, through sporting activities, individuals can develop social skills and the right attitudes. And and this is great. And I know this to be true. Uh, from just myself and doing CrossFit. And actually, my buddy Trent was was going to be on today. We were going to talk about this, using sports, using uh, uh, CrossFit, uh, for example, for myself, uh, to, to stay sober, to stay active, to stay healthy, and not just in recovery, but just staying mentally, physically um uh, challenging yourself, being around community. There's a lot of, there's a lot of similarities into getting into a sport or something, working out something like a CrossFit. Uh, maybe it's softball Thursday nights. Don't hit the beer league. That's what we used to do. You can find a sober team out there, uh, but there's, there's ways that you can do that. And, uh, through sporting activities and, in, in, in trying to stay up. And, uh, it's a really, really good option for that. I will have Trent on again here soon. I don't know if it's going to be next week or, or in the next couple of weeks, but we will talk about that a little bit about using CrossFit, how CrossFit's helped me uh, just stay dialed in and, and, and gain some confidence, gain some physical strength, some mental strength, uh, be around some great people and, and be able to learn from other people and then share some things that you've learned along the way too. It really is a great, uh, a great thing to do. So highly recommend that sports using sports to prevent drug abuse or to help stay sober. A good Good idea there. That's more uh, more at sports the sports bank. If you want to read more on that article, uh, it'll be in here too as well. Uh, Mad in America, the year I lost everything. Psychiatric, uh, or I'm sorry, psychiatry offered nothing. Um, comparison dangers of e-cigarettes, e-cigarettes and water pipes. Smoking and vaping may increase the risk of people being infected by COVID nineteen. Let's see, Quit Genius expands to include alcohol and opioids. Uh, let's see, from quitting time to getting time. Lazy Queen looks sober on punk-inspired punk inspired single. Recovery isn't linear, it's continuous work, and it's okay to make some mistakes along the way. Amen to that. It's been important for me to remind myself that I'm not a total failure just because I have reached the perfect place yet. I think the kids are home. I'm going to have to wrap it up here pretty quick. Dad, what are you doing? Dad, dad. (laughs) Nothing better than being a dad and nothing more crazy and challenging at the same time. Um, Let's see. Sponsor theory and the steps. Summer's house star reveals he's in therapy to help with sobriety. Uh, It's my first time doing therapy while actually telling 100% truth. Wow. Keep it simple, baby. Uh, a couple more articles in here. If you want to check out more, uh, go to addictionrecoveryebulletin.org. The uh, link will be in the show notes here. 
I appreciate you guys tuning in today. And uh, just to circle back before we wrap this thing up, if you're having a hard time connecting, as you hear my dog barking in the background there, Mr. Brody, who needs a bath, that dude's getting a bath tomorrow. For sure, every time I tell him, Brody, you want to get a bath? The dude goes and hides under the bed. Hates getting baths, but you're getting one, son. But if that's you, not the dog, but if that's you that you are struggling with you know, finding yourself, finding something to connect to, uh, man, give it a little time. Be easy on yourself. Uh, maybe it's a different chapter. You know, maybe it's something. Uh, maybe it's something that you've moved on from, or just like uh, Chris, um, uh, Chris Kirk, the golfer. Maybe you just need a break for a little bit, and it's you know it's something that uh, you need to kind of find yourself before you can reconnect to. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. I appreciate you. Thank you for the support for the emails. Uh, for everything that you guys do, for staying committed, staying sober. Uh, I hope the show spoke to you. Share it with a friend. Let your friends know there's some great podcasts out there as well, including this one. Uh, Peace, love, and respect. And uh, man, keep your blood clean. By the way, check us out at thatsoberguy.com. Connect with us on Instagram at real that sober guy. Go to promisesbehavioralhealth.com slash sober guy if you want some help. You can call 888-205-1890. If you're looking for a meeting, go to thatsoberguy.com slash get help. There's a meeting finder on there as well as the Zoom meeting. Also, last thing, if you want how to navigate the first 90 days of sobriety digital course I put together, go on there and check that out too. I love you guys. Thanks again. Oh, no.